favor in the fire. Now, now, now listen to what i got to say here. Because a lot of times when we think of favor, we th- we, we're thinking of God's blessing. Okay, that's good. That's fine. But when we need favor the most is when we're in trouble. Favor isn't just about good times and good things and good blessings and good gifts. It's about God showing up when we're in trouble, when we are in the fire, when we are in the furnace of affliction, and we don't deserve a blessing, and we don't know where a blessing will come from. We don't know when it's going to come. Amen. All we can see is the flames and the heat and the pressure and the stress. But in the midst of all that, here come the camels. Amen. In America, it would be called the cavalry. Here come the Calvary to save the day. How many of you have been in trouble and the Holy Ghost has shown up? Oh, praise God for favor. Let's look at our key scriptures again in Amos chapter 9, verse 13, right? This is from the New King James. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper. You're going to put it in the ground, step over it, and the guy behind you reaps it. Not bad. Not bad. He said, well, how come he gets to reap it? Well, turn around, grab a little bit. It's right behind you. And, and the treader of grapes, him who sows the seed of the grape, the mountains shall drip with sweet wine, and all the hills shall flow with it. Now, now watch this in, in the message. Yes, indeed, it won't be long now. God's decree. Say, God's decree. Things are going to happen so fast your head will swim. One thing fast on the heels of the other. You won't be able to keep up. Everything will be happening at once. And everywhere you look, blessings, blessings like wine pouring off the mountains and hills. Give God praise because it's coming to Journey Life Center and every family. Wow. Let's see how it worked for Naomi. The book of Ruth is one of my favorite books I've preached I don't know, maybe three different times, series all through it. So, so if you've been around a long time, you've heard all those messages, but if you're like me, you forgot them already. So, so let's look briefly at Ruth because I, you know, I could preach the whole series on that. But, but, but let's look at Naomi, not so much Ruth. So in, in the message, chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, it talks about this. Once upon a time, it was back in the days when judges led Israel, there was a famine in the land. A man from Bethlehem, that's kind of ironic because Bethlehem means house of bread. But sometimes there are famines in the house of bread. Sometimes things don't always go the way you think they ought to go because you're so good looking. Mm-hmm. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah, and Judah means Praise. So you got praise in the. It means God is king. How'd you like to be married to that guy? What's your husband's name? He's the king. God is king, right? So that's his name. His wife's name was Naomi, which means pleasant. His sons were named Malon and Kilion. <laughs> Their names mean weak and sickly. Can you imagine calling him for dinner? Hey, wimp. And the other's name means pining away. So you got one that's, one that's weak and useless, and the other one's living in the past. No wonder they died young. 
All Ephrathites from Bethlehem in Judah, they all went to the country of Moab and settled there. You know, just because times are bad doesn't always mean you should leave where you are. Because listen to me, everybody didn't leave. Most people stayed. He left. But how many know God can, God can bless even our mistakes? Wow, amen. So uh, verse 3, here we go. <laughs> the old man's dead. <laughs> Elimelech dies. And Naomi was left, she and her two sons. On top of that, they married Moabites. Well, hello. Be careful when you move because it affects everything. Be careful where you take your kids. What you think is a blessing to you might wind up being a curse to them. Stay in the will of the Lord. Hello? Hello? So they took Moabite wives. The name of the first one was Oprah. I mean Orpah. The second was Ruth. They lived there in Moab for 10 years. One more verse. Then the two brothers, Malon and Kilion, died. Now the woman was left without either her young men or her husband. I mean, besides the grief, can you imagine the grief of watching her husband die, both sons die, and she's left with the, in, with the, with the daughter-in-laws who are Moabites. They're not even of her faith. She's left with nothing. Uh, um, she, you know, back, you have to understand the financial situation back then. There's no Social Security. There's no one to take care of her. There's no family members there. She is literally alone without income. She is destitute. So she knows what she needs to do. Go back. Go back. Because what she had heard, she heard a rumor. Oh, some of you, the word of the Lord is just a rumor. <laughs> the rumor was that the Lord had returned and the Lord was blessing Bethlehem. And there was now bread in the city of bread once again. So that's, that's the story. So she comes back, you know, uh, and, and um, let's go to verse uh, 19. And uh, now the two of them uh, went until they came to Bethlehem. And it happened when they came to Bethlehem that all the city was excited because of them. And the women said, is this Naomi? I don't think the men cared. Is this Naomi? But she said to them, do not call me Naomi. Call me Mara. Don't call me pleasant, beautiful. Call me bitter. Just name me bitter. Call me Mara. For the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. Naomi, you chose to leave. Mm -hmm. I went out full, and the Lord has brought me home again empty. Naomi, look around at your neighbors who stayed. They're still full. Oh, someone help me. Why do you call me Naomi since the Lord has testified against me? Oh, now the Lord's testifying against her. And the Almighty has afflicted me. Wow, 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 wow. But listen, in order to activate favor or flavor, um, here's, some things, here's some things you need to do. Understand this. Nowhere in the book of Ruth does anybody call her Mara. She called herself that. But nobody else would do it. 
Nobody else would call her Mara. You know, sometimes we need to come alongside people when they're depressed and they're discouraged and they want a name change and they think their life is over and things are bad. You need to just remind them of how good God really is. We need to come alongside. Let's not agree with their destitution. Let's not agree with their depression. Let's not say, yeah, 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 this is pretty bad. You know, know, some people, people, when you talk about how bad things are, they want to one-up you. Well, you think that's bad. You ought to see, you know, no, that's not what they need to hear. They need to know that there's hope. They need to know that the, that the name God named them is the name they will become. Amen. They might be going through a hard spot right now, a rough patch right now, but God has named them successful. God will give them favor, and they might feel bitter at the moment, but God's going to get you out of that rough patch. Amen. Am I talking to anybody today? If I'm not talking to you today, I might be talking to you tomorrow. Oh, my Lord. Number one, accept that it's time to move on. Sometimes you just need to get it in your head. I need to get out of my little pity party and move on. Maybe I made a mistake. Maybe I'm living in the wrong place. I feel like I've had a name change. I feel like my life is over. I feel like everything's against me. Why don't you just say, all right, all right, I'm in a bad place. I feel pretty terrible, but I need to recognize that everybody else is moving on. The whole town of Bethlehem had moved on. They've got bread. They're living in Judah, the place of praise. They're blessed. They're okay. Amen. And you could beat yourself up because you left or you made a mistake or you said the wrong thing. But I'm here to tell you, let's get over it. Let's get beyond it. Let's move on. It's time to move on, church. Come on. Hallelujah to the name of the Lord. Look around you. Your neighbors are blessed. Get on, get on the gravy train. It's time to move on. Punch your neighbor and say, it's time to move on. You don't have to be bitter. You can get back to your pleasant name. <laughs> People will try to name you. You know, you know look, look. My granddaughter's here, and she's been singing all these Christmas songs. You're not going to believe this, but she has a nickname for Grandma. It's Ho-Ho. And our house is a literal treasure box. Isa has the ability to spot things that no one else can see, and she'll see a package in the back of something laying over there, and ho-ho! That's for next Christmas, but we're opening You know we're opening it today. So, you know, we're, we're <laughs> jingle bells. We're singing all the songs. But that song got in my head, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And, and I'm offended at the song. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer had a very shiny nose, Right? But, but all the reindeer, but, but they used to laugh and call him names. They made fun of him because of his red nose. Okay, I can, I can, okay, I'm okay with the story so far. Then one foggy Christmas day, Santa came to say, Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my... Then all the reindeer loved him. What? Oh, now? What, <laughs> what is it about us? We'll only love people when they do good... St- well, now we're going to accept somebody because we need them? 
Here, let me tell you something. The reindeer may have laughed and called him names, but, and, and other people may laugh and call you names, but Jesus loves y'all's red nose. Amen. He loves you when you have a red nose. He loves you when, when it seems like you're no good. He loves you when you're different. He loves you when you're a little bit strange. Oh, don't look at me now. Y'all are strange. Hey, come on. I, I, just, I just don't even want to sing that song anymore. I, I just don't like it. Oh, now you're going to love him. Aren't you glad he loves us? Before we even knew him, he loves us. When we messed up, he'll love us tomorrow. Knowing today we'll mess up tomorrow. That's what blows my mind. All right? I've ruined that song for all of you. I'm sorry. But let me give you some quick scriptures. First of all, pour out all your worries and stress upon him and leave them there. For he always tenderly cares for you. I want to read these in the Passion so you can hear them a little bit differently. So he cares. Number two, he listens. Say he listens. Next scripture. I cried out to you in my distress, the delivering God. And from your temple throne, you heard my trouble cry. My sobs came right into your heart, and you turned your face to rescue me. He listens. Amen. Number three, he understands from Hebrews chapter 4. He says he understands humanity for as a man, our magnificent king priest was tempted in every way just as we are and conquered sin. Amen. Finally, number four, he enters. He enters what you're going through. Revelation 3.20 says this very clearly. Behold, I'm standing at the door, your door, knocking. If your heart is open to hear my voice and you open the door within, I will come in to you and feast with you and you will with me. Don't let, except it's time to move on, number two, don't let your circumstances. Number three, don't let your hurt distort your view of God. We go through stuff, we suffer loss, and we blame God, or at least we question God. And by the way, God's got broad shoulders. He can handle. People say, people, people will get on people say, oh, don't question God. <gasps> He's a big God. He knows what we're going through. He can handle it. Yeah, man, don't be weird forever, but you, but. It's just human nature sometimes. But, the, but use, how many know usually the bottom line is you're not going to get the answer. Maybe in heaven you'll get the answer. It's just beyond, you know, we just, listen, we, we're just, we're limited. We can't see the big picture. When I say big picture, I mean big picture. But it all works together for good to them that love God and are the called according to his purpose. Can I get an amen? She began to blame God. God made me bitter. God testified against me. He cursed me. No, Naomi, y'all just, you left home, got yourself in a bad situation, and even if it's not your fault, it's time to move on. Don't change your name, and don't blame God. Job's wife said, curse God and die, Job. And before you fuss at her, think about everything Job went through. Come on. But listen, Job's wife said, watch this, curse God and die. But what's the reverse of that? Bless God and live. So don't curse God and die. Bless God and live. Anybody get that in your spirit? Hallelujah. Number four, don't let your past steal your future.
Don't make what happened back there affect what's going to happen. Don't let the mistakes of the past and the hurts of the past, what other people did to you in the past. I don't care if I'm talking about your childhood or your first marriage or whatever it is. Don't let, your, don't let, mm, don't let the past steal your future. Let go of the past. You know, Ruth, the name means friendship or beauty. Isn't that great? Orpah means stubborn and stiff-necked. Orpah decided to stay with what she knew. I mean, she's raised in Moab. Her family is in Moab. You got me? Her memories, her childhood. I don't, I don't blame her for staying there, but she wasn't willing to make Naomi her first concern. She stayed behind. And Naomi blessed her and said, you go, and tells Ruth, you should go too. Your family's here. And, and strange, Ruth says, no, you know, I married into this family. You're my mother-in-law. You're my, my, my husband's dead, but you were his mother. I'm staying with you. This is pretty amazing when you think. So she leaves Moab, and she says, your people will be my people, your God, my God. What you go through, I'm going through. See, that's friendship. Hmm, that's, that's, that's partnership. Come on. If you have a bad day, I'm going to suffer right there with you. When you're honored, I'll be honored too. Come on. We need more people that are willing to walk with us instead of criticize us. We need more people that are willing to leave their comfort zone and go where the ministry is. That's deeper than you're letting on. It's time. It's time. It's time. Ruth goes with if Naomi had brought Orpah, how many believe that would have been trouble? Because Orpah wouldn't have wanted to be there. It would have been bad. So, and, you know, and, and it means her name means stubborn and stiff-necked. Listen, I got a word for somebody. Let go of Orpah. Let go. There are some things you need to let go of. Orpah wants to leave. Let Orpah leave. And I'm not talking about your husband. There it is, a word from the Lord. <laughs> I've had worse. Let go of Orpah. Let go of the past. Let go of your hurt. Let go of situations that are holding you back. Revenge is mine, saith the Lord. Somebody has some forgiveness to be done. You fist bump somebody and tell them, let go of Orpah. Philippians 3, verse 13 from the Passion. I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. Are you listening? I forget all of the past as I fasten my heart to the future. Oh, that's beautiful. I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing, anointing of... So, let all who are fully mature have this same passion. This is a passion. And if anyone is not yet gripped by these desires... God will reveal it to them. And let us all advance together to reach this victory prize following one path. Say one path. With one passion. You have a destiny. Don't let the past rob you of your future. Isaiah 46. Think about this. Wrap your minds around it. This serious business, rebels. <laughs> That's Isaiah.
Take it to heart. Remember your history, your long and rich history. I am God, the only God you've had or ever will have. Incomparable, irreparable, from the very beginning telling you what the ending will be. King James Version, he declares the end from the beginning. All along, letting you in on what is going to happen, assuring you. All along, I'm letting you in. Assuring you, I'm in this for the long haul. I'll do exactly what I set out to do. Does that sound like Jesus? You know, there was, besides Naomi and Ruth, there was another group of people. How many remember when the Jews were torn out of their homeland? How many remember the three Hebrew children? Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. (laughs) Strange names. Daniel chapter 3 talks about their story. And remember, they were Jews forced to live in a strange land. Old King Nebuchadnezzar ordered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be brought in because he heard a rumor that they weren't bowing. Listen, you can be part of the government. You can have positions. You can work. You can draw a paycheck. You can do all that stuff. But the bottom line is, who do you bow to? I mean, in the end, who do you bow to? Who's your God? Who's your God? When the men were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar asked, is it true that you don't respect my gods and refuse to worship the gold statue that I have set up? You're not going to worship the money God? You're not going to play with the rest of the people in the office? I'm giving you a second chance. But from now on, when the big band strikes up, you must go to your knees and worship the statue I have made. You better go down. Right? If you don't worship it, you will be pitched into a roaring furnace. Let me translate it for today. If you don't play the world's games, you're in a heap of trouble. You might lose your job. You may not get that promotion. Everyone at the office in the factory is going to talk about you. You're going to be the Jesus free. They're going to, oh, come on now. There's all kinds of versions of fire. And some of us keep our Christianity secret. Some of us, if they put you on trial, they wouldn't have enough evidence to prove you serve Christ. Yeah, I could be funny and I could be mean. Ah. Come on. Do they know you're a Christian at work? If you don't worship, I'm going to put you in the roaring furnace. No questions asked. Who is the God who can rescue you from my power? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered King Nebuchadnezzar, your threat means nothing to us. Oh, come on, church. If you throw us in the fire, the God we serve can rescue us from your roaring furnace and anything else you might cook up. (laughs) But even if he doesn't, come on, there's where the faith is. There's it. Oh, it's, it's, it's fun to shout when God comes, when God does this amazing miracle and delivers you. But when he doesn't, you have to stand Hey, a lot of people died so you could sit here. 2,000 years of people dying. And you know what else they say now? That more people have died, have been martyred for Christ this, in the last 100 years. In the last 100 years, more people have died for Christ than in the previous 1,900 years combined. You need to understand 
Just because you live in America doesn't mean there's persecution going on all around us. But listen, they're, they're trying to make religion illegal in California, the left coast. Oh, Jesus. Even if it doesn't, what happened? Even if it doesn't, it wouldn't make a bit of difference, O king. We still won't serve your gods or worship the gold statue you set up. Amen. Deliver me or not deliver me. Good day, bad day. I'm still going to worship God. Amen. I'll worship through the smiles. I'll worship through the tears. I'll worship you, God. No matter what comes my way, let them rail against me. Let them come against me. I've planted my feet in the Lord and nothing will move me. Suddenly, King Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in alarm and said, didn't we throw three men? Didn't we put three guys in there? Huh. That's right, O king. But look, I see four men. I see four men walking around the fire. They come out, their clothes don't even smell like smoke. Come on, church. Can you imagine? Flames all around you, but there's a fourth one. There's a fourth one in the fire. I see four men walking around completely unharmed. And the fourth man looks like a son of the gods. That's his words. In other words, it looks like Jesus. It looks like Jesus. Listen, we're going we're to come out of you. You know Jeremiah 29, but listen. Listen, 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 listen. The three come out of the fire. They open up the doors. Well, when they threw them in, they opened up the doors, and it killed the guys that opened the doors. That's hot. That's hot. They come walking out unsinged, not even the smell of smoke. But you got to get this because only three came out. He's still in the fire. Oh, you'll get it about three this afternoon. I said, he's still in your fire. When you go through the fire, he's still in the fire. When you're surrounded, he's still with you. When you're going through H-E double hockey stick, he's going there with you. Amen. That's what David said when he meant, if I have to make my bed in hell, you are there. That's my God. Still in the fire. There's favor in the fire. Favor in the fire. I said there's favor. Jeremiah 29, we often don't read the, the, the you know, I know you, I have plans for you and all that stuff. But listen, the context of that is he was writing, Jeremiah is writing to the people in Babylon. I have plans for you in Babylon. I have a future for you in this land. There's no temple. The priesthood's wiped out. Our leadership's gone. We're living in a foreign land. We don't even speak their language. They're abusing us. We're the bottom dregs of society. I have plans for you. I have plans for you. As soon as Babylon's 70 years are up and not a day before, I'll show up and take care of you as I promise to bring you back home. I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. When you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, God has plans for you. 
He's in the fire. He, oh, I feel the Lord. There's favor in the fire. In the fire, there is favor. I feel like I just came through the fire. Oh, the enemy didn't want this preached. He don't mind you being blessed, but he really gets upset when, not just upset, it confuses the enemy. Listen to me. It confuses the enemy when he sends hell into your life, right? And you smile and say, hallelujah. It messes his mind up. He says, you were supposed to react with depression. You were supposed to give up. You were supposed to be sad. You were supposed to be, you're supposed to get even. You were supposed to be jealous. Whatever it is. No, 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 no. Here's my reaction. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to praise you anyway. I'm going to worship you anyway. I thank you for the trial. I thank you for 70 years in Babylon because when I get out of this place, it's going to be amazing. Woo! Come on. Come on. None of you are going to have to be afflicted for 70 years. Come on. God is good. Let's worship the Lord. Can we just lift up holy hands? And let's just praise him, King of kings and Lord of lords. There is, there is none like you, Lord. There is none like you, Lord. Father, there are those this morning that find themselves in the furnace of affliction. The furnace of affliction. But all it's going to do is, all it's going to do is melt away the impurities. And we shall come out like pure gold. We shall come out like pure gold. We declare we'll come out like pure gold. God, we're okay with the fire if it burns away the impurities. Because we know that we can find favor, find favor in the fire. Favor in the fire.